Welcome to Take Your Stand, the podcast of Here I Stand Ministries. I'm your host, Luke Seibert. Let's explore more of what it means to live out the gospel by clinging to the Word and to one another. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Hope everyone had a good weekend and is ready for this coming week. Excited about what's what we're study here in First Corinthians and uh, hoping to have some people start coming on the podcast. Uh, next week, Lord willing, I'll have Dr. Todd Price come on. He, he's with uh, Pioneers and he's Bible working on Bible translation in some of the Roma languages and he just has a real burden for getting the, the scripture into the native language of these people. And so I'm excited to have him on the podcast and have him share a little bit about his work and his story. So uh, like I said, Lord willing, that'll be coming up uh, next week. But as, we'll, as we work on uh, continue all with First Corinthians a study in there, we started off chapter 3 last week and how Paul just really grabs the Corinthians by the shoulder and kind of shakes them and says, wake up, uh, pay attention to what I'm saying here as he uh, contrasts what the work of the Spirit should be in the life of a believer, how we, the, uh, a spiritual man appraises all things, being able to evaluate, examine the evidence, come to an accurate understanding. And Paul says, you're not doing that because you still have divisions among you. And so we'll look into that a little bit more uh, today. And we'll go ahead and begin reading with verse 1 at chapter 3. And he says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of, of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly, and are you not walking like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? What then is Paul, and what is Apollos? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, God, but, but God was causing the growth. So then, he, so then, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. And again, it's right there at the beginning, the three repeated topics. Uh, the th- three uses of flesh or fleshly. So you're, you're, Paul is saying divisions cause us to act. Having divisions is acting like we don't have the Spirit within us, that the Spirit makes us one, that we are unified. Ephesians, Paul goes into a lot of detail about that in the book of Ephesians, um, a book where I start studying with a, as a part of a local Bible study here. We're working our way through the Ephesians. Uh, there's just a lot in there about the, the unity that should exist within uh, churches, specific, especially local churches, but also of, of the church in general. But Paul is, is dealing spe- here in 1 Corinthians specifically with one local church. It was the church that was there at Corinth. You know, they, may be, they may have had some different cell groups, depending on how large the church was, but it was one church. And so Paul is dealing specifically with that. But he's pointed out that the factions, they, they divide us, they, they hold us back spiritually from growing as we should. And beginning in verse 4, Paul basically is, tell, is telling them, 
by holding these factions and dividing into these different groups of which spiritual leader they're following after and having their own little clique groups, they're missing the point. He says, he says, oh, yeah. in verse five, he says, what did is Paul? What is Apollos? He says, we're only servants. You are holding us up and putting us into positions that we did not claim for ourselves and we should not we should not be placed into that you are just acting like mere men in verse 4 it says when one says I'm of Paul I'm of Apollos where it was this divisive was it wasn't saying you know Paul has really been a benefit in my life he, he he's ministered to me I walked with him he really invested in me I have a special place in my heart for Paul and I, this was going beyond that this was saying I followed after Paul and all these other leaders, they're not as good, and you're not really as spiritual if you follow after them, if you don't have follow Paul. And it was this divisive attitude. That was part of it. Um, we don't know all of their motives. That could have been one of the reasons they, they were saying after the Paul. Uh, Apollos seems to have been this younger man and seems to have been more of a charismatic type leader. It's recognized that, that he may have been that. And so you just had these different factions. And whatever the reasons was, there was this, I'm drawn into my own little group, and because I'm part of this little group, I'm part of the truly spiritual part of the church. I, I'm better than the other groups. And that antagonistic attitude is completely contrary to the unity that Christ prayed for that the church would have. And again, starting verse, and then in verse 5 through 6 and 7, those are, each three, of those three verses, Paul is taking their attention to God. He's saying, look, we're, we were servants, but God, the, the Lord is the one who gave the opportunity for us to serve. That I planted, I, uh, Apollos watered, but it was God who gives the growth. And I'm nothing because I planted, the one who waters is nothing. It's God who's the one who should get the glory. And this is, again, what he was going back to at the beginning of chapter 1. He's saying, yes, I preached the gospel to you, and uh, you may have been looking to Peter and some of the, the Jewish traditions there. You may be following after Apollos. That's a great, if the Lord has used them, wonderful, praise the Lord. But you need to come back to the, to the pure gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who saved you. I, Paul's saying, I didn't save you. It was, it was Christ. All I did was share the message faithfully as he gave it to me. And that's really the attitude that Paul is bringing out here, again, in chapter 3. He's, again, basically saying, look, I, if I've ministered, to you, if God has used me to plant the, the, the word of Christ in you, if God had used me to to stir you up and help build you up, and um, as I minister among you, praise Him. Don't don't praise me. Don't make an idol out of me. Is basically what He's saying. And this is what we ought to consider for ourselves as well. As well, it's when we come to different places in Scripture, whether it be Old Testament narrative things with the judges, or some of the issues that Paul raises with some of the churches that he was writing to it's very easy to slip into the attitude of just pointing fingers at them and and just condemning them without real considering what would i have done if i had been there what if i had walked with paul what if paul had ministered in my life for months or even a couple of years as he did in some places would i've had this attachment to paul in almost more than i have more than i do to christ and in thinking i have um a better place, a better position in the church because I had direct contact with the Apostle Paul. Considering for ourselves, what are the heart issues? And the heart issue here 
as in several other places in First Corinthians, was one of pride. Whatever leader they were following after, whatever group they had chosen, and for whatever reason they had, it had begun to create a spirit of pride within the church. And we need to examine ourselves. What are, what groups are we a part of? Even if we don't have like an official group that we're, we've joined, but something that we're holding to and thinking it gives us better value, it uh, makes us maybe more righteous than someone else, uh, makes us more spiritual. What groups are we holding on to, and are we having a divisive attitude about that? You know, I whether it be a pastor, you know, there's so many sermons out there. We can listen to sermon audio as an app where you can just really easily access sermons by so many different pastors. There's so much on YouTube and streaming things online. Uh, even Facebook now, you can listen to sermons there. Um, some churches are, are live streaming their services. It, it's really easy for us to focus and upon one particular pastor and latch on to them and think that all the other pastors don't really measure up, that if we truly want to hear the word of God, we're going to go to this one particular person. Or it may even be a particular denomination. You know, there's uh, the, your big denominations, uh, you know, Baptist, Methodist, uh, Presbyterian, then you have some of those sub denominations under each of those and you know it's one thing I, i've been realizing too among myself is i've been clinging to one of those subdivision sub uh denominations and i think it's a good one i think they're just doing some great work but just because i'm a part of them doesn't make uh the church it doesn't make me any better than anyone else it doesn't make the church that i attend any better than anyone else and if we and if i was at a church or became part of a church that w- was part of a of a different group and they were still preach, faithfully preaching the gospel and serving the Lord, then that's that's what matters. That's really what it, what really matters. Is should not have this divisiveness um, among a local congregation, but even among congregations. But bringing it back here to the local congregation is thinking: what do we have? What are we clinging to that is stirring up division within the local church? What groups are we holding to and thinking this is a measure of godliness, a measure of spirituality? And we need to make sure that we are clinging to one another in love and making sure that our highest priority, our highest loyalty is to the Lord Jesus Christ. It also, in these final verses, um, in verses 5, 6, and 7 that we read, there's also a reminder for us to faithfully do what God's entrusted to us, realizing that we don't have to do everything about a local church. You know, being a part of a local church sometimes can be difficult. There may be things that we think could be need to be changed, different things, uh, whatever that may be, that we feel like, you know, it would be better if the church went this direction, or if the church as a body started doing this, and, and all these things. And it can be frustrating when we try to make those changes and it doesn't happen. But if we look at, uh, if we look at what Paul was saying here, in verse six, he says, "I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth." That Paul said, "I did my part." I planted, I planted the, the church. I planted, I planted the gospel there. I wasn't called to water. That's God raised up Apollos to do that. Apollos watered, but whether it was Paul planted or Apollos watering, God was the one who was causing was causing the growth. And so God has given each person a particular role in a local church. Not necessarily official. You know, it's not a title that oh, uh, God's giving me this role as Sunday school teacher or usher or. Um, nursery worker, whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be an official title, but there, it, there is a role that we are to play within the local church, whether it's encouragement, um, using different spiritual gifts, 
whatever it may be. Chapter 12 here of 1 Corinthians, we'll talk about, Paul will talk about that there if, if you want to read that chapter. And we're each placed in the church for a specific reason, and we are to faithfully serve in that area. And if God calls us to work on some other things, then yes, we should do that. But realize that the whole weight of God's work in one particular local church doesn't fall on our shoulders. We're called to, to, to serve in whatever capacity that he, that he has given to us. And so we are to pray for the, for the Lord that he will fulfill his work. And maybe what our idea is, is for a local church may be good, but may not be what God's intention is for that particular local church that we are a part of. And Christ is the head of the church, not us. And just the idea of humility saying, okay, Lord, I surrender. I, I'm not in charge. I don't know everything about your plan for this particular church. I'm going to trust knowing that you are in charge, you have a plan, and will you give me the faithfulness to carry out what you've entrusted to me? It, and that can be a hard place to come to, but I think it is important for us as we try to maintain unity, realizing that not one of us has a clear blueprint or schematic about everything for the local church that we are a part of. Because by walking by faith, by looking to the Lord Jesus Christ, letting him move his people by the Spirit, and relied upon him, and each of us making sure that we are faithfully doing what he has entrusted to us. And so that's um, just some things to, to consider about First Corinthians. I guess the, the biggest takeaway I would say in terms of how to study the Bible from this portion that we learn is not to quickly just jump or con and condemn the, people, the characters that we read in Scripture, but to consider, okay, what's the root issue? What's, what's the heart issue at stake? And then reflect upon our own lives and let the Holy Spirit guide us and examine, am I carried out, do I have any of those same issues? Am I leading, uh, carried out those same sins or just specifically here with this unity or whatever the case may be? But do self-examine, reading the scripture, seeing what God says about particular issues or how God deals with certain things and then reflecting upon our own lives and seeing how we can grow from that. So I'm reading a couple of books right now that I have read in the past, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis and The Visitation by Frank Peretti. These are two books I've read multiple times in the past but are coming back to and reading now. I think it's a good idea for us to take time to go back and to read books that have been impactful in our lives that the Lord has used. And are just good reminders, there's several things that we forget and to go back and to reflect upon um, different things that they've written, not just read a book one time and think, oh, we've got all the information we can from here and to move on. So it doesn't mean that we have to go back and read reread all the books that we've ever read, but especially ones that have, have stood out to us that the Lord has used in our lives or that have made an impact upon our lives, to go back and revisit them. And So I hope to be sharing about each of those uh, books uh, shortly in the podcast. But the, what I wanted to share about today was Expositional Preaching, How We Speak God's Word Today by David Helm. It, this is more about, obviously, about preaching, but I think there are some principles that can be adapted uh, to um, Bible study. It's put as part of the Nine Marks Ministry, that's put out. It was, an, it was an excellent book. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's fairly short, but um, just a good reminder about how to faithfully uh, approach the text of Scripture. And specifically, he, one of the things he calls out there is is not coming to Scripture with our own idea of what we want it to say. Uh, the common phrasing for that is a proof texting, that you have an idea or a belief and you want Scripture to support it, so you come looking for uh, verses to support it. And that can lead to pulling a lot of stuff out of context 
and we want to make sure that we're faithful to God's word and how he intended us to, to, to read it and to, to speak it. And so this book does a, does a good job of, of briefly uh, describing that process, specific, specifically as it applies to preaching. But again, if you, it, there are some uh, principles that can be adapted to Bible study. But So I just want to share briefly about that. But uh, Mere Christianity and The Visitation, uh, really enjoyed each of those. And have had some good reminders I've been reading. And I hope to be sharing more details about each of those books uh, in the coming weeks. So we were talking earlier in the first part of this podcast about being part of a local church and some attentions that can happen there. And let's just be honest that being a part of a local church can present some difficulties. There can be tense times and struggles that we face, but we shouldn't just throw up our hands and pull out of it and say that we don't really need the church. And especially over these past couple of years with the rise of a virtual church, it seems at first maybe to present an alternative to it. And we come, we hear the preaching, we hear the music. Uh, j- just through the screen, and we're good. We're, we're you know, here in the Word, we're, we're doing what we're supposed to, right? But being a part of a local church is, is so much more than just hearing the Word preached by, by a preacher or hearing the music. Um, there, there's so much more to it, and that comes from in-person interaction. There's connection there. And yes, I know there may be some concerns about the whole coronavirus, and some people do have a compromised immune system or health issues that would be... Uh, dangerous for them to to get uh infected with with to be able to, to come, for them to come down with coronavirus so that is a concern and I do understand for people those people wanting to stay away from uh, in-person gatherings if they can and they, there may be temporary times where oh you know a week or two or sometimes where maybe even a couple weeks where a church may have to uh, go virtual because of a, a wave of viruses that's going through different people in the church or maybe occasionally with a, some weather conditions that the point is, so what is our regular habit? Are we regularly gathering together as a local church? And there, there are so many reasons for this. And I was reminded of this recently, I believe it actually last week, just listening to um, Pastor's Talk. Uh, it's a podcast put up by Nine Marks. And on Top 2021, their episode 193, they were sort of going through and recapping like some 10 major things that had happened over the past year. Uh, some tip things to be aware of and to be, to be watching for. And the first one they described there was the rise of metaverse and how that is coming out and how s- the, the, some issues that may present with when it comes to churches. It, the, the, the host, uh, Jonathan Lehman, and the, his guests on there, they go through and talk about some of the issues that are being presented even just with, with virtual church, even outside of the metaverse right now, but just virtu- having it, your regular habit being... Um, Go attending church virtually and I understand people are concerned and it does seem easier and it may seem to be a safer way but there's great benefit to to gathering as local churches for encouragement and for for growth and how each of us grows in a, as a in a way as we gather with each other that we can't fully get if I remain separate and we weren't made to be this to live this life alone that we weren't made to live it in isolation that we need, we need one another. There's always so much connection we can get from uh, in screen from across the screen. That uh, I'll encourage you to go check out the podcast. It, he begins. They start talking about this specific issue about four minutes in to the podcast. Um, it's not the whole thing. It's just uh, the first little bit there. Uh, I'll put the link to that here in the description. But just uh, in a brief way, he lays out some of the benefits uh, for us gathering for with each other 
in um, maybe in future podcasts, I we can go through and look at some more of the benefits of why gathering in person is better than meeting it virtually. I said there, uh, I do understand when people, because of health reasons, um, uh, should refrain from gathering in person, or there may be weather conditions that come up with it. But in terms of our of our regular habit, what is our what, what are we regularly doing, and the to truly be a part of a local church and to, to grow in it as the Lord intended, we need to be gathering physically. And I encourage you to check out the podcast and look at that and to reflect and to just even to, to read through the New Testament in different places like in Acts and different epistles. Uh, even First Corinthians talks a lot about it, about this gathering together. But um, something to consider. The Lord has established local churches and we are to, we are to gather with one another uh, to encourage one another to edify and to grow with each other. So I pr- appreciate people listening to the podcast, and I said we'll be going to some more details, specifics of that in future weeks. But uh, as I mentioned, we started this one. Hopefully, we'll have uh, Todd Price on next week talking about the importance of getting scripture into the into the native language of people across the world. So looking forward to that, and hope people will be able to to tune in and listen to that um, next week. But again, thanks for listening to the podcast, and until next time, read the word and take your stand. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope it was an encouragement and a blessing. To find out more information about Here I Stand Ministries, check out hisministries.com. Scripture quotations are from the NASB, the New American Standard Bible, copyright 1971-1995 by the Lockman Foundation, used by permission, all rights reserved.